الحمد لله وكفاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وان تعدوا نعمه الله لا تحصوها سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم so we're continuing on with the series on the 10 habits of highly effective believers and hopefully by now um, everyone that's been following either in person or online um, has sort of gotten a grasp of how this works this isn't a discussion on qualities per se this is not a discussion on theory this is a discussion on practical things that people that are effective tend to do this is a discussion on habits that if we bring into our lives we'll find tremendous benefit so that's the intention behind the gathering uh, these are these are really intended to be practice points so we've been talking about the importance and the other thing to note is that so far most of these activities or habits that we've mentioned these are daily things that we should do we've talked about reading we've talked about budgeting we've talked about personal grooming and hygiene and today, and today, inshallah, and this is day five, we're going to be talking about the importance of expressing gratitude. So the topic today is on expressing gratitude. Now, people that are highly effective, and if, uh, people that are highly effective, it's a habit that they express gratitude on a daily basis for what they have. Um, because it's very powerful. And it is a tool that contributes to a person's well-being, and it's leveraged by people from all walks of life that is to be grateful for what i have and what i've been given and to then be express that gratitude now there's two phases when it comes to gratitude the first is experience is that i i some i some blessing is given to me and uh, and i experience the happiness and the pleasure and the peace that comes with it and then the second phase is to actually express gratitude right toward whomever has been responsible for granting me that. So let's focus first on experience, and then we're going to talk about expression. When it comes to experience, you know, what makes a person feel grateful? What makes a person feel grateful? So uh, in, in, um, there's a lot of research that goes into gratitude, um, and they've, the way to think about it is this. If I'm going to be grateful for something, it has to be something that's valuable or of value, and number two, it's something that is unexpected. Again, something that is valuable and some, and then followed by, and then that something is also unexpected. So, for instance, let's take let's let's take the example of a heartbeat. Right, my heart is continuously beating right now as we speak. Um, is it a valuable gift that's been given to me? Absolutely. Right. I mean, it's if without my heart continuously beating, I would cease to exist. Um, is it unexpected? Is it unexpected? Meaning, who is responsible for making sure that my heart is beating? Right? At this moment, who's taking that responsibility? I don't think anyone in this room is. Right? I'm not taking that responsibility. My heart is beating on its own. It's just continuously beating. Now, we as believers know that every time the heart beats, it needs the permission of Allah Ta'ala before it actually takes the next beat. And then permission, beat, permission, beat. And what did I do to deserve the attention of Allah Ta'ala on my heart so that it continuously beats without stopping? Nothing. 
I mean, am I constantly making dua to Allah, Ya Allah, please keep my heart beating, please keep my heart beating, please keep my heart beating, please keep my heart beating. And even if I did make dua to Allah that He sustained my heart, what um, right do I have to demand or expect that Allah Ta'ala is going to continuously make it beat? It's purely His mercy and it's purely His blessing. There is no, nothing binding upon Allah Ta'ala to require my heart to continuously beat. And then if I was to say, okay, I'm going to take this into my own control. Right, ask anyone that works in a hospital how difficult it is to sustain an artificial heart and, uh, or to create an artificial pump that functions like a heart, how challenging it is, and the complications that come from that. Right? If we were to try to design this and do it on our own, and the additional medications that need, the patient needs to be on, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, it's very complicated. It's not a simple thing. Right? But yet Allah Ta'ala has taken it upon himself to make sure, meaning he's designed it in this way, that, he, that he's given our, our heart continuous permission to continue beating. I mean, that's amazing. Not only is this beating valuable to us because it's life-sustaining, but it's also unexpected and undeserving. We don't deserve it, nor should we expect it. This is purely Allah's mercy. So we should be utterly and immensely grateful for our heart beating. Now, this is just myself. Now, I, I, I have four kids, for instance, and as a father, I have some responsibility toward them. What responsibility, now how, have I given any attention to making sure that their heart is continuing to beat? I don't have control over that, right? So, I mean, I, I, this is the mercy of Allah Ta'ala that He's allowing even, you know, the heart of my children to continue beating. Who is, who's going to sustain this if it's not Allah, right? What, I don't have the ability to give that, even if I, let's say, I had, the, I, I had the ability to continuously monitor the heart so that it keeps beating. I don't have the attention span to do that for myself, and then for my wife, and then for my children, and then for my parents, and then for the community. I mean, there's no way I can do this. And this is just a single organ we're talking about. And one component of that organ, it does many other functions as well under Allah's command. But then if we extend this to, for instance, our kidneys that are constantly filtering and excreting things from our body, or our colon that's extracting water so that you know, it can keep ourselves hydrated, or the white blood cells that are constantly navigating through our system to fight off any sort of infection that may develop. I mean, who's, who's responsible for this? I'm not monitoring this. I'm not keeping an eye on my white blood cell count every hour. I'm not keeping an eye and checking in on my kidneys to make sure they're doing their job, or the liver, or the spleen, or my colon, or my brain. I don't have the, the cognitive ability to be able to keep track of all these things. I mean, who's keeping an eye on all of this? Who's making sure that this is sustaining, right? I mean, these are all invaluable, and they're undeserving on our part. Who's doing this? It's Allah and Allah Ta'ala alone. And this, we're just, we're just talking about our own human physical bodies. We're not even extending this into, for instance, the roof that's above us and the beams that are constantly asking Allah if they can continue to stay upright so that it doesn't collapse. Or the air that's asking Allah Ta'ala about where it can circulate so it can provide oxygen for those that need it. I mean, we're not, even, we're not even talking about anything external. We're just talking about the physical bodies. It makes sense now when Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an, وَإِن تَعُدُّوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ If you were to try to take account or to calculate the blessings and the ni'mas of Allah Ta'ala upon us, لَا تُحْصُوهَا You would not be able to do so. You couldn't take account for it. Not only can we not take account for it, right? We, not, not only can we not monitor all of these things, we couldn't even take account for it. We couldn't even take account for it. You know, it's interesting. This idea of being grateful, or sorry, for experiencing uh, the emotions of gratitude, this is prevalent across people of all backgrounds and all faiths. There is this famous book, it's called um, Thinks of Thousands, it's written by an author, A.J. Jacobs, 
who basically, and this person's an atheist, an agnostic, he doesn't believe in any form of God, and he writes this book, and it's called Thanks the Thousand, and uh, what, what he noticed was that every morning he'd go, and he'd get a cup, cup of coffee from the local, uh, from local coffee shop, so he began thinking, like, what must have gone in for my cup of coffee? Normally, he'd get his coffee, and he'd thank one person, the barista who prepared the coffee and, and, and took the money. He'd thank that person every morning. But then he began to think, well, there's probably got to be a lot more people that are contributing to my one cup of coffee every morning. I mean, how, how, what about the person that made the cup? What about the person that designed the cup so I can drink this coffee? What about the person who, had, who transported the beans so that they could be roasted? What about the roaster? What about the person who transported it from there to the coffee shop? What about the person that, grow, that, uh, that, um, that was grow, responsible for growing the coffee beans? And what about the person that was responsible for watering it? What about the person that paved the road so that the truck that transported the coffee was able to transport it properly? So he began thinking about this pretty extensively and thought for one cup of coffee, there are like a thousand different people that have been involved for me to drink one cup of coffee. So what did he do? He began, and he writes about this in his book, right? And he writes about this in his book. He, be, he began finding out all of the different components and people that were responsible for his cup of coffee in the morning. The truck driver, the person who paved the road, construction, the lighting person, the repairman for the coffee shop if something went wrong. And he individually thanked every single one of those people. He either, uh, he either spoke with them directly or he uh, wrote thank you notes to all of these people. So that's why it came up to like a thousand or so different people that he had to thank for one cup of coffee. Amazing, right? So, and we don't, we don't take account for these things. I mean, these are people who don't believe in Allah who are going to that extent. What is our responsibility when it comes to one, accounting for the ni'mas that Allah has given us? Right? For our, all, everything He's given. And then all of the ways by which Allah Ta'ala has facilitated this, all of those also require some expression of gratitude as well. So He says He does this because it brings Him meaning in life. We do this for many other reasons. Um, now, what the problem that we have when it comes to experiencing gratefulness and gratitude is that our attention tends to be on what other people have. And if we're constantly focused on the quote-unquote blessings that other people have, and all of the good things, the nice cars, and the nice homes, and the nice lifestyles that the rich and famous, etc. have, then naturally it's going to become difficult for us to focus our attention on all the blessings that we've been given. But that is what's required, that we give attention to what, that we be mindful in every present moment of the ni'mas and the blessings that Allah Ta'ala has given us. This will help us experience the emotions associated with being grateful. Okay, so that's experience. The next phase I mentioned, one is experience. The next phrase is actually then expressing gratitude and how we express gratitude as believers. Now there's many ways by which we express gratitude. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, you know, one of the great scholars from the 14th century, he writes in his book, Madarij As-Sadiqeen, that, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll read the rough translation. He writes, showing gratitude is either with the heart by being submissive and tranquil or content, or with the tongue by praising Allah and acknowledging His favors. And third, number three, so heart, tongue, the third way by which we express gratitude toward Allah Ta'ala is with the limbs by performing acts of worship and showing obedience. So there's many different layers of gratitude and the ultimate gratitude is that I become fully submissive. You know, this makes sense. Uh, okay, so what he's saying is at the bare minimum, we should be grateful in our heart 
that Allah Ta'ala has given us so many things and be content with whatever He's given us. The next phase is to express, the next level is to express that gratitude to Allah by making statements like, Allahumma lak alhamdu wa lak shukr, oh Allah, to you is all, all gratitude and all praise. Or by after, after salah, we sit down and we say, uh, or, uh, or in general, anytime we're given something that we make, that we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with our tongues. And then the highest form is to be so grateful to Allah that we fully submit in every way, shape, and form to Him. You know, what better way to be grateful to Allah after receiving something that's good than to stand in prayer for, you know, for, for 10 or 15 minutes and then put our head down and be so grateful for, all, for, for the one thing or the many things He's given us. This is why when the Prophet ﷺ, there's a very famous hadith, and the Prophet ﷺ, he, was in, he used to pray at night. So much so, that it comes in narration that his feet would crack and swell because of how long he would stand in Qiyamul Layl at night, even outside of Ramadan. So once his wife asked him, Ya Rasulullah, you're perfect, you don't commit a sin, you're a prophet of Allah, why is it that you're standing for so long in prayer at night? Like, what do you need from Allah, essentially is the way to think about it. And he says so beautifully, أَفَلَا أَكُونَ عَبْدًا شَكُورًا Is it not that I can, should I not be a grateful servant to Allah? Meaning, shouldn't I express my gratitude to all of these things Allah has given me by standing in worship toward Him? Now, there's gratitude toward Allah Ta'ala. The deen also highlights the importance of being grateful toward people as well. The way this person wrote a thousand thank yous, we should also be extremely grateful toward people because the Prophet said another hadith, Mallam nas, that person who is not expressing gratefulness toward people, Lam Yashkurillah, it's as if that person hasn't expressed gratefulness toward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now when we're talking about gratefulness, um, there's there are many additional benefits. You know, in addition to the things I've mentioned, uh, there's many additional benefits that come from expressing gratitude and gratefulness. If we, you know, and there's a lot of research and science that goes into being grateful. And it's amazing because for us, it's common sense. Allah created us, we should be grateful. And there's so much power in being grateful. But honestly, even the, the agnostic community has recognized, the people that don't believe in God, has recognized the value of actually being grateful. If, and a lot of research, especially in the last 10 or 15, 15 years, has been done on this. In fact, you know, back in, um, there's, a, there's a very famous professor by the name of Bob Emmons. He's the one who's considered to be like the father of gratitude research. And around the year 2000, they didn't really see what effects physical, emotional, mental, that expressing gratitude had on the person. And there was about 20 scientific articles and scientific journals at the time per year, about 20. And then they realized, wow, this is actually a very valuable tool. And then fast forward now to around 2014, 2015. On average, 160 articles per year are coming out in scientific journals on the benefits that come from being grateful and, and, uh, and having gratitude. Physically, each of, and I'm going to mention a few of these. Physically, it's been shown, proven, that people that are grateful, people that are grateful and expressed gratefulness, have, lower, have um, improvement in their blood pressure, and a decreased risk of developing substance abuse disorders. Emotionally, gratefulness has been associated with decreased levels of stress, decreased risk of developing depression and anxiety, and improvement when it comes to self-esteem. And on a pro-social behavior standpoint, people that are grateful, or people, I should say, let me put it this way, people that exhibit gratefulness or begin to exhibit gratefulness develop more pro-social behaviors like cooperation and helpfulness and interacting with people, they become more meaningful to society. 
So there's so many benefits that come from being grateful and expressing gratitude that we can't even begin to enumerate how, how, how we can't even begin to enumerate. When a person decides that I'm not going to become a grateful person and express gratitude, even though I wasn't doing so before, all of these changes begin to come into their life. And this is why it makes sense when Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ That if you are grateful, لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ Most certainly, I will increase you. لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ The ta'kid billam, right? The emphasis with the la at the beginning. لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ This is nun thaqila. This the form of the verb لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ uh, is saying, most certainly, without a doubt, I will increase you. Now, the scholars ask, why, when Allah Ta'ala says, if you are grateful, I will increase you, the question, the natural question would be, increase me in what? What will I be increased in? Will I be increased in my daraja, my level in the akhirah? Will I be increased in the amount of reward I'm getting? Will I be increased in the good things that are happening to me in this world? Will I be increased in, you know, um, uh, in my proximity and nearness to Allah? What exactly? So the scholars mention that Allah Ta'ala, when He says, there's no object here, there's no, there's no maf'ul bihi. He leaves it, uh, well there is, I mean, He says that He will increase us, but there's no specific way by which He mentions how He'll increase. And the scholars mention, the reason is because it's open-ended. It's open-ended. There is benefit to the human being on every possible level and in every possible way if they exhibit gratitude. Allah Ta'ala increases them in so many ways. I already mentioned their health, their physical health, their emotional health, their social health. All of these benefits, it all comes under the umbrella of لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ Allah Ta'ala says He will increase us and give us whatever we need in whatever way. So it's important for us to think about this and for us to begin to practice Things that will make us more grateful to Allah and to people, and in general, just to exhibit a state of being grateful and content. There's far, I mean, it's interesting because I've attended over the last several years, a lot, I've done a lot of studying and looking into wellness and what people are looking toward. And I've even attended a lot of these seminars. And one of the most common things that are covered, both in books and texts and research and, and seminars, etc., is gratefulness. It's, it's, you can't leave it out. And and so then you wonder like, okay, but like grateful toward what, right? It doesn't matter. What people have, what these, what these people that are, um, have studied this and they've realized that look, human beings to improve themselves, if, as long as they're grateful, there's benefit. We have the added benefit of knowing where the ultimate source of everything is coming from. I mean, it only makes sense for us to be grateful. And Allah Ta'ala will fulfill us in ways beyond what we can imagine. So this should be a habit of every single believer that aims to be successful. It can't be that we aren't grateful toward Allah Ta'ala. So what are two practice points? And then inshallah we'll conclude. The first practice point is that it's important for us to limit our exposure to the quote-unquote good things that everyone else has. It's important for us to limit the exposure of what we see of the quote-unquote good things that other people have. Why? Because one of, the biggest pit, one of the biggest challenges that makes us as human beings and as servants of Allah ungrateful is because we, all, we tend to look at what everyone else has. And when we see that we don't have it, then that bothers us and it makes, it makes us feel ungrateful. You know, we like to follow the lifestyles and the rich and famous and the, and the way of, you know, the Joneses. And, and, you know, what are the great things that everyone else has? And in today's day and age with social media, 
I can literally follow the feeds of you know, all of these great people, quote-unquote, in the community and look at where they went on vacation and wonder, why, why can't I also go on vacation in these places? Look at the houses that they're designing. Why, can't I, why don't I have that much to design this kind of a house? Look at the cars they're driving and wondering, why can't I have this kind of a car? Look at the food they're preparing or that they're ordering and wonder, why can't I eat that kind of food? When we are bombarded with the dunya of everyone else, naturally we're going to want these things and that's a way for us to exhibit ungratefulness toward Allah. So we should be careful and put blinders on. And, you know, I, I sometimes you know joke about this, but if we really want to follow people on social media or follow the lives of people, we should follow Islamic relief and life and these organizations that are showing, you know, all of the people that are impoverished in the world and what little they have. What will be the benefit? At least we'll look at it and be like, subhanAllah, you know, alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed me with so much. Thank you, Ya Rab. Rather than following all the great things that people at least outwardly present that they have, we should look at the people that have, quote-unquote, less than us. Because that'll make us grateful. So, the first practice point, moving forward, is that we should limit our exposure to the dunya of people because it will make us channel our attention and be more mindful of what Allah has given us rather than focus on what Allah Ta'ala has given everyone else in the world. The second practice point, this is a hadith of Ibn Majah. The Prophet ﷺ says that there is no Muslim who, makes, who says in the morning and evening the following, except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Inna kana haqqa illa, sorry, there's no Muslim who, who says the following, إِلَّا كَانَ حَقًّا عَلَى اللَّهِ أَنْ يُرْضِيَهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Except that Allah, it's the haqq, it becomes a haqq upon that person, that Allah ta'ala pleased them on the Day of Judgment. Okay? So if a person says the following in the morning and in the evening, Allah Ta'ala says, or the Prophet says, that it is now their haqq that on the day of judgment, Allah Ta'ala will please them. So what is this statement the Prophet is mentioning? It's very famous. Many of us have said it and recited it. رَضِيتُ بِاللَّهِ I am content with Allah as my Lord. وَبِالْإِسْلَامِ دِينَ With Islam as my deen وَبِمُحَمَّدِنِ النَّبِيَّةِ Or Rasulullah Rasul And as the Prophet وسلم, as my Nabi So meaning, morning we wake up Before we even get out of bed Or in the early morning hours We make this statement That Ya Allah, I am fully content with you as my Lord And I am fully content with the Prophet as my messenger And I am fully content with Islam as my deen I don't need, so what happens, so you see this in the morning and you see this in the evening, and what we know from this hadith is that if a person does this, Allah Ta'ala will be pleased with them on the Day of Judgment. Allah Ta'ala will be pleased with us. What benefit does making this statement have? One, we just mentioned from this hadith. The other is it resets us. Before we begin our day and we begin to be exposed to potentially all these other difficulties and challenges and worries that come about our day, we first wake up in the morning, we reset our mind. And before thinking about all the things that I should be ungrateful for, I'm thinking, wow, I still have deen. And there's nothing more valuable that I could be given than deen. You know, who cares? If, a, if a, we look at the billionaire because they have a billion dollars, when we have deen, we have far more than any billionaire has. Because we have eternal happiness in the akhirah. And then I look, that I have, I have Allah Ta'ala to worship. If I lost the ability to recognize Allah as my Lord, it doesn't matter what calamity befalls me. There's no worse calamity that I can experience or that any human being can experience in this world except that they lose their connection with Allah. There's no debate about this. 
There is no greater difficulty anybody can experience except for that. So if I wake up in the morning and I remind myself, I still have my Allah, and I still have my deen, and I still have the most beloved and the most perfect of creation as my guide and as my leader, I don't have to look anywhere else, my day is done. No matter what I get over the rest of the day, it's all secondary now. Yeah, okay, so I get a paycheck at the end of the day, so what? I already got Allah and Deen and the Prophet in the morning. So what? I get, you know, uh, I, I get a nice meal at lunch, who cares? I already got in the beginning of the day my Allah, my Messenger, and my Deen. I don't need anything else. And then, at the end of the day, before we go to bed, despite all of the challenges and worries and difficulties that we faced and the arguments and the, and, the, and, the, um, and the atrocities that we've seen, we go to bed and say, no matter what happened today, Ya Allah, I'm still pleased with you as my Lord. I'm still completely pleased with the deen, Islam as my deen. And I'm still fully pleased with the Prophet as my messenger. It brings this peace and contentment that can't come in any other way. It's funny because... In people that recommend gratitude for emotional counseling, they'll recommend these things called gratitude journals. I don't know if you've heard of it. But basically what it means is that they'll tell people every single morning and every single evening you should write down three things that you're grateful for. Write them down by hand. Three things that you're grateful for. And before you go to bed, write down three things that you're grateful for. And when they do this intervention in people, like they'll have interventional group and a control group. Control group... You're suffering, you're emotionally unstable or emotionally unwell, you live about your day. This group, write down three things that you're grateful for in the morning and three in the evening. And the group that does this um, feels a tremendous amount of benefit. They're less stressed, less depressed. All of these benefits come into their lives. So I was always wondering, like, where did they come up with this three thing from? Like, why three? And then, and then I, subhanAllah, I was like thinking, like, this must have something to do with either this hadith, right, where the Prophet says, Recite these three things in the morning, and recite these three things in the evening, right? So it's incredible that the deen figured this thing out centuries before people are figuring it out today. We were taught to be grateful from before the Prophet From the prophets that came before, we were taught about the importance of being grateful. And only now in the 21st century are people recognizing the true value of being grateful and, and expressing gratitude toward Allah and toward people. So those are the two practice points. Um, just, to, just, just to summarize, the summary point then is that ex being grateful and expressing gratitude is an important habit that we should exhibit on a daily basis. It's the habit of people that are highly effective both in our deen and outside of our deen. And if we truly want to become true servants of Allah Ta'ala, then this should become our daily practice. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala grant us tawfiq to appreciate the value of being grateful. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala make us uh, utterly grateful for Him uh, from now until the day we pass away. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala forgive us for all of our mistakes and acts of Ramadan. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.